What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Liberty. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, Felony Friday is the only show that focuses each and every single week on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. Now, this is one of three shows we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. We kick off every single week, every single Monday, with a show hosted by Mark Clare. It is our longest-running program, our flagship program, where uh, Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement, and he hosts roundtable discussions also known as Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. That's one of uh, Mark's most popular segments, I think, on his Monday show, our flagship program. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land, hosted by Brian McWilliams. Brian has a background in comedy, does stand-up, very funny guy. And uh, we coined that show, or Brian coined that show, I should say, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and Liberty, and he's doing a fantastic job with that show. And we used to have, or I say last month and the month before, we ran on Tuesday and Thursday a show called Candidates of Liberty. That show is now on hiatus. It might return in a similar format in the new year, possibly. For now, Tuesday and Thursday, there's no new shows. The only new shows are Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can get those shows uh, delivered to your listening device, delivered to your your ears by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know where you get them. However you get them, just subscribe. YouTube. So be sure to go to, I think it's youtube.com slash Lions of Liberty. I think that's the address. If not, just uh, punch Lions of Liberty in the search bar on YouTube and it will pop right up. And be sure to hit that bell at the top and subscribe. I don't have a guest on today's episode. It's just me, an entire show of me. And I'll get to, in a minute, I'll get to why that is and the reason why I wanted to do a solo show. This will be a little bit of a shorter program. I'm not going to talk for an hour. That's just not the type of guy I I am that I'm going to ramble on for for an hour, hour and a half, just uh, rant into a microphone. I like to conduct interviews most of the time, but sometimes with topics like this, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. I wanted to uh, wanted to do a solo show. But before I get into that, just want to let you guys know there are links and uh, notes on the show notes page, a couple different articles I will be referencing. You can find those at lionsofliberty.com slash FF148. That's because this is episode 148 of Felony Friday. So that's really all for the intro. Let's move on and start talking about the topics for today. And uh, like I said, this is a special treat for the listeners here. This is a solo show. Maybe it's not a special treat. Maybe you've already stopped listening. You heard I didn't have a guest, but hopefully you're going to hang on because we have some important stuff or we, 
talking about myself in the uh, the multi personalities. I have some interesting things to talk about, some very important things. You know, as you guys know, I do live, I reside in the town of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And unless you've been living under a rock for the past week, uh, you you know that last weekend there was a uh, just a despicable, terrible, horrific act that occurred in a in a very safe, very uh, nice uh, Jewish community in Pittsburgh called Squirrel Hill, where I'm not going to say the uh, the gunman's name. There's no need for me to say it. I don't. I don't ever want to speak that bastard's name. Uh, this guy goes into a, uh, a synagogue and uh, kills 11 people who were, I think most of them, if not all of them, were attending a baby naming ceremony. This is not something that I ever want to talk about, obviously. But I think there's some important things to reflect on from a libertarian perspective, when something like something tragic like this happens, uh, I think we become desensitized a little bit to the reality of the death and the suffering, and this is suffering that's going to continue for for a long time in uh, in this city, and just as has happened in other parts of the country, Las Vegas, you know, down in Florida, up in New England, when there's been different shootings, school there's been school school, school shootings and. And different, uh, you know, multi-person shootings, mass shootings across the country. You know, I, I've been guilty of this too, uh, of sort of, I think, moving on from it too quickly and starting to look at it from a practical standpoint when really, you know, I think the, the right emotion after something like this happens is let yourself be emotional. I don't think it's right to be practical or to be political or to talk about any sort of ways that we can solve this um, from a legislative standpoint or, or otherwise. I just don't think that's the right thing to do. So I think that's the first thing I want to talk about. Right after this happened, Donald Trump came out. You know, he uh, said he passed on his, uh, his sympathies to, to the people that had, that had been killed in this horrific, horrific shooting. Uh, but then I think it was either later that day or the next day, he went right ahead and said, you know, if if they had an armed guard, this wouldn't have happened. If, uh, if this synagogue had paid security, armed guards, metal detectors, things of that nature, then this could have been prevented. And he might be right. He very well might be right. Could be wrong also. I mean, it's uh, very possible that with an armed guard, uh, depending on how much armed security they had, somebody could have come in and shot the armed guard in the same thing. And I, I guess what I think of when a shooting like this does happen, I try to place myself in that situation. And, you know, if I'm a Christian, so if I were in church, if I were in a place of worship, you know, would, the last thing on your mind is somebody bursting through the door with a gun shooting people, killing people. That's the last thing that me personally, I'm thinking, maybe you're different. You know, maybe uh, you've been trained in these sorts of things. And whenever you walk in a room, you're, you're always aware, you're always looking for those types of things. I'm not that way. And I would, I would guess that probably 99% of the population is like me and does not think that way. So personally, when I go to church, um, I, I wouldn't want to see an armed guard. I don't want to have to walk through a metal detector. 
you know, and and honestly, if people can concealed carry. I, I I don't I don't really care about that. That should be up to the church and the community there to decide if they want to allow people to concealed carry in that church. And they could very well say no, and then you can't do it. You got to respect the wishes of the of the community, the people who uh, the people who worship there, the people who uh, are part of that community. I don't necessarily think that's the answer for everyone. You know, there might be places out there, no matter what denomination it is, there there could be places that do want to do that, that do want to have armed security. But personally, I don't want to walk past metal detectors and have some, uh, you know, have some security standing there open carrying. Some people might think that's fine, and I don't. I'm not judging anybody. That's just my opinion. And I would guess that there's probably a lot of people that feel that same way. And I think what that is, is uh, that feeling inside you, it's that trade-off between security and liberty. In the world we live in today, in the world we've lived in for 50, 60, 70 years, for a long time, many decades, a tragedy could happen at any time. It really could. And I think that's what fuels a lot of this... uh, a lot of the blowback to this, a lot of the uh, the quick rapid responses, the uh, just the, the quick reactions to this, to try to solve this problem, a problem that really, not that it can't be solved. I think there's ways to maybe reduce reduce this problem, mitigate it from happening. But the point being, I never envision myself going to a church where there needs to be armed security. And I don't want to go to a church with armed security. Maybe that's just me. I think a lot of people can relate to that. That's that, but that for me, that's the trade-off between liberty and security. I would rather have that liberty. I would rather have that faith that everything will be fine, that it's going to be safe. And 99.999% of the time, it is going to be safe. And no one's going to bust through the door and shoot up the place. Of course... As we saw this past weekend, it's very possible. It's possible. Not very possible. It's, it can happen. When it does, people look for answers. So, and this goes back to what I was saying at the outset. As libertarians, the first thing we have to be is compassionate. Listen. You know, let people speak. Don't, don't yell. Don't shout people down. But understand where they're coming from. You know, understand... Try to understand where people are coming from who are saying that they don't want, who are saying that the answer is not uh, concealed carry or armed security or metal detectors. Try to understand where those people are coming from. I think there definitely is a time and a place for armed security, for metal detectors. Um, there, there are places like that where I would want to... Uh, I would want those safeguards in place to go. For example, one would be if I'm going to a sporting event. I have no problem walking through metal detectors. You know, if there's cops outside, I would rather they be private security. I I don't have a problem making sure that no explosives or guns are, are brought into a sporting event or into a concert or something like that. I have no issue with that. It's just something with... Uh, Maybe it's me. Maybe it's just something with me that, that I, I don't want to bring that into my place of worship. I, I just, it doesn't feel right. So for Donald Trump to say that, I, I don't, I can see why people are upset. You know, it hasn't, 
and I'm sure more will come out in the coming days. I'm recording this on a Wednesday night to be released. I'm recording this on Halloween, actually. So this is to be released on the 2nd, Friday the 2nd. So things could change or more news could break about this shooter in that time frame on Thursday or, or on Friday before this comes out. And before you listen to it, it comes out at two in the morning. So I doubt news is going to break at one in the morning. But I think in, in seeing videos from the footage around, there were some people protesting Donald Trump coming to Pittsburgh, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. There was a video of a, it's set on the tag, I think it was ABC News in Pittsburgh that had the video. I saw it shared on Facebook, said in the comment on the video that this lady was a Presbyterian minister in Squirrel Hill, so not not of the Jewish faith, but uh, was outside on her front porch screaming, I suppose, at Donald Trump, who was visiting the uh, with the families there of, of the victims and visiting people in the hospitals around Pittsburgh. And this lady was screaming frantically at the top of her lungs. You're not welcome here. We don't want you here. Next sentence. Very next sentence. We welcome everyone. Very next sentence. You're not welcome here. We don't want you here. No idea what purpose that that sort of thing serves. I understand that you know what she's been through in her community, especially being a minister, talking, having people coming to her with issues they're dealing with um, from the tragedy, things like that, trying to work through. I, I can understand the, the emotion. But come on, people. You know, no matter what you feel about Donald Trump, this is not his fault that this occurred. This is a psychotic person, a psychotic individual who snapped. And it might come out in the the psychotropic drugs, who knows what he was on. You know, more stuff might come out about this guy's past. I have have no idea. I'm not even going to speculate. And honestly... I I have a hard time even reading about this guy's past because I I just don't want to I just don't want to. Uh, just a sick sick twisted individual. So what's what's the answer? What's the answer t- to solve things like this? You know I think to a large degree I don't think there is an answer. It, I guess the it can't be prevented fully. That's let's say that first. This cannot be prevented fully, and anyone who tells you it can is wrong. Even if you outlawed guns. There would still be illegal guns on the street, and something like this very well could happen. I'm not going to get into probabilities and things like that. It might actually go up. It might be more likely of happening. I have no idea. And nobody has any idea. So I like to talk about this from a principled standpoint. Let's take the power for these decisions to be made. Um, if there is security, if there is concealed carry, if there are things like that allowed, that should be made at the most localized level, the most individual level. In this case, in that um, Jewish community right there within the town of Squirrel Hill and then within that, within that synagogue. That's their decision. It's not up to us to tell them how to defend their synagogue or to defend the town of Squirrel Hill. That should be up to them. 100% should be up to them. And that's that is the libertarian solution ultimately you want to get it back to the smallest minority which is the individual to make that decision on how they want to uh, defend their life defend the lives of their loved ones Uh, and that is what the second amendment is all about 
is giving that right to that individual to make that decision. There's a lot of people, a lot of people out there who don't want guns, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. That is their decision. And if a bunch of people get together in a community that don't want guns, that's up to them. They can say, we don't want guns in our community. Is it the right decision? Personally, I would rather have a gun in my home for self-defense. I would rather have the ability and the freedom to conceal carry around my community or open carry if I want to. But quite honestly, I think concealed carry is just a smarter move, uh, just tactically speaking. In most situations, you don't want people to know. In most situations where self-defense, where you're trying to defend yourself, you don't want to give away that you have a gun. So tactically speaking, I think concealed carry is, is, is the way to go. Can this be stopped? Can gun violence be eradicated from society? Not in the near term. I think there's too many uh, contributing factors to it from a... You get into the, the, the way we educate our youth and are basically schooled in uh, prisons, taught to conform, taught not to think, taught to do this, do that, don't think outside the box. And even you go into with, with video games, things like that, the violence in video games, the violence in music, uh, the violence we see on television. Does it play a part? Of course. It all plays a part. I'm not going to say that that stuff should be made illegal. Heck no. Heck no. That's, I mean, it's a free market. I'm not going to stand in the way of that. But does it play a part? Sure. Psychotropic drugs, they play a part. It all plays a part. You know, at at the end of the day, what's the solution? Give your rights back. The individual. The individual needs the right to defend their life, to make decisions, to defend their family, to defend their community, to defend their church, defend their synagogue, synagogue, defend their place of worship. That's what it comes down to. So I'll move on. The cannabis industry has rapidly expanded. For those liberty lovers who want to take advantage of this growing industry, they've been met with a flood of government taxes and regulation. A lot of cannabis companies would just love to hire a full-time CFO, but that could be super, super expensive. But what if you could have the knowledge and experience of this full-time CFO at a fraction of the cost If you're in the cannabis business or you plan on entering the fray, then you need to schedule a free consultation with the Grow CFO, Rachel Kennerly. The Grow CFO will help to maximize cost of goods sold deductions by employing accrual and cost accounting, creating tax savings and improving cash flow. They will keep your books in an audit-ready state. If you or someone you know is either already in the cannabis industry or thinking about jumping in the fray, go to thegrowcfo.com and schedule a free consultation today. We, I am going to talk a little bit more about gun control, but inter, on the international level in a minute. I do want to talk about one story that I saw recently that I wanted to touch on that has to do with police violence. And it's an absolutely disgusting, despicable, horrible, horrible story. And uh, I read about it. It was posted in our Lines of Liberty Forum which you can join on Facebook by going on Facebook and typing, and typing Lions of Liberty Forum in that search bar at the top. Yes, we are still on Facebook. We have not been censored like our friends over at the Free Thought Project, which is where this story came from, which is where I read about it from. Um, it might be posted other places, but that's where the link in our forum goes to, the Free Thought Project page. So 
Let's help our brothers out at the Free Thought Project who have been censored on Facebook. Make sure to swing by their page and read their articles and uh, and check out what they're doing because they're still active, even though they're being censored on Facebook. So this is uh, this story is from Eagle Point, Oregon. And uh, the, the guy who was killed by police officers, 33-year-old Matthew Graves, shot in the back twice by police officers. This happened in a Carl Jr.'s bathroom. And I'm not joking here. This is really what happened. Um, the police officers approached him because he jaywalked. And you can watch the video. It's a very difficult video to watch uh, just because it's hard to see somebody get killed. It's hard to see someone treated like an animal for doing absolutely nothing wrong. But Graves, uh, Matthew Graves was unarmed. You watch in the video, he goes into the bathroom immediately. And the officers say, of course, in their police report, they say, well, we approached him about jaywalking, educate him about how dangerous it was. No, they didn't. Follow, follow him in the bathroom immediately. Officer Daniel Cardenas, very aggressive, telling him to get on the ground, screaming at him, screaming at him, barking orders at him. Um, Matthew does not get on the ground. This escalates. He gets tasered. As you can assume, and I should say before I continue, that um, Graves, the the victim who was shot by police, is schizophrenic. So, you know, he was sober at the time. He was not on any medication, but um, he does look like he might have some mental health issues. You can sort of tell that by looking at him. That might have been one of the reasons why the officers approached him. I don't think that's an acceptable reason to approach a peaceful individual on the street. That's ridiculous. But these officers come in, chaos ensues after Graves is tased, and the police story is that they uh, mistakenly thought the taser, the officer's taser, was Graves' gun, which Graves did not have a gun, and he was shot twice in the back and killed in a Carl's Jr. bathroom for jaywalking. For jaywalking, he was shot twice in the back and killed. 33-year-old unarmed man. I haven't seen this on the news on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. Haven't seen it anywhere. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. I actually, you know what? I don't I don't read those sites that frequently, but I'm assuming somebody would have probably linked to one of those articles talking about it. I haven't seen it. The only place I've seen it is at the Free Thought Project. If it's been somewhere else, please go to the Lions of Liberty Forum and let me know. Where let me know if anyone else has covered this, because I, I haven't seen anyone else cover it. Just a completely disgusting story. Um You know, when we talk about gun violence. You can't talk about it without bringing in the police. You can't. You know, the police are the the badged and uh, placed on a pedestal uh, individuals in society who can do no wrong. The majority of the public thinks the police can do no wrong. And they kill this unarmed man. And, you know, that's not to say that all police are bad people. Just to turn the page back to talk about the Pittsburgh shooting. The police did um, apprehend the shooter, uh, which is, I cannot remember the last time this happened, that a shooter was taken into custody alive, a mass shooter taken into custody alive. Um, 
pretty incredible that that actually happened. Um, and some more stuff might come out about <clears throat> the gun battle between the two. I wasn't sure. They said he tried to go outside and police were firing on him. And there were, I think, injuries to two of the police officers occurred at that point. The uh, shooter ran back inside. More firing. Uh, more more uh, back and forth with the gun battle occurred. And he was he was taken into custody after being shot a couple times. Another thing that got people upset and angry was Donald Trump said immediately uh, he deserves a death penalty. And my understanding is a large, I don't know if it's if it's all people who are Jewish, but I think there is a large contingent contingent of the Jewish faith that is against the death penalty. I could be wrong, could be wrong there. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. But uh, so. To say something like that right afterwards could have been another uh, inappropriate misstep by Trump. But anyway, we're going to move on. One more story that I do want to talk about. This will be a quick episode, like I said. So next up, down in Brazil, there was an election. I don't know if you heard about it. I know almost nothing about the guy that was elected. Almost nothing. Um, Of course, I know his name, the far-right leader, and here's his name. I, I, of course, I know his name, and I it didn't come up on my screen in front of me. Jair Bolsonaro. I'm sure, I'm butchering that, but Jair Bolsonaro. Uh, the media has labeled him as far right, farther right than Trump. They say a couple things, and apparently they say he's racist and he's homophobic. He very well might be. I have no idea if he is or isn't. Let me grab a quick drink of water. But a couple of things that he's saying, I'm not saying the guy's libertarian. I have not researched everything he's talked about, so I'm not saying that. But listen to some of the things he's saying about, about gun rights. Now, in Brazil, in Brazil, it is not easy to get a gun. Currently in Brazil, not easy to get a gun. You got to be 25 years old to get a gun. And generally, it is illegal to carry that gun outside of your house. Uh, in order to do that, you have to get a special permit. Uh, to get that permit, you have to pay something close to $1,000, I think. And it has to be renewed every like two or three years. So very hard to get a gun. But I think it's interesting what they do say in Brazil. There are 17 million firearms in Brazil. I'm not sure what the date on that is from. might be from 2004, the estimate, 2003, 2004. Um Anyway, so they're saying 17 million firearms. Nine million of those are unregistered. Is the gun control working? I mean, the murders in Brazil, 2003, 39,000 people. 2004, 36,000 people killed. So is it working? I, I don't think so. I don't think the gun control in Brazil is working. So this new... Um, president has the audacity to come out and say that he wants to loosen firearm restrictions because it's not working. And a couple of things he said are, I think are pretty good. So let's read through some of these. Uh, This is him, him talking. It won't be any better. If there were three or four armed people here now, I'll be certain that some nutter wouldn't be able to come in through that door and do something bad. This is him during an interview. Of course, very true. He'll be more comfortable having a gun. If somebody breaks in a room, breaks into your house, 
Of course, you're more comfortable if you have a gun. That seems like common sense. But uh, this statement is being blasted by the liberal media. It's just being illogical. A couple other things that he said. So more than safeguarding, this is his words. This is Jair Bolsonaro's words. More than safeguarding someone's life, firearms safeguard the freedom of the people. How good is that? How good is that? I like it. You know, I God knows what else this guy stands for. I'm not <laughs> so I'd be very careful what I say. But that sentence right there, pretty good. That's pretty damn good right there. So of course, when somebody and I'm not sure if he's being mislabeled as a, a bigot and a racist and you know homophobic. Maybe he has said some bad things. I have no idea. But in response to this, this is what he said recently. So in, in response to him being called homophobic and racist, this is what I found in a recent article, something that he actually said. Here's his words. We're all the same. There's no difference between me and you. Doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, your sexual preference, the region where you were born, your gender, we're all equal. We can't take certain minorities and think that they have superpowers and are different from others. Does that sound like something a racist would say? I mean, maybe he has said racist things. Maybe this was an out-of-body moment. Is that not libertarian? Is that not principled? Is that not exactly what you know someone like Ron Paul or Rand Paul would say? Or Larry Sharp? I think it's I think it's great. I don't know. I'm having a hard time finding a problem with, with what he said there. So and I need to do more research into Jair Bolsonaro, but from the looks of it, you know, first take a little bit of research on his, <coughs> excuse me, a little bit of research on his statement about gun rights. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And Brazil is a very dangerous place to go. So it will be interesting to watch. Number one, I'm not sure politically how it works there how he could change the gun laws. Does he have enough people in their legislator to do that? Or I don't know how laws are passed in Brazil. I mean, do they have executive orders? Can you just change the gun laws and give rights back to the people? I have no idea. I don't even know if it's feasible for him to be able to do it. So we'll watch that closely. I'll continue to watch it closely. If it does change, it will be interesting to watch how the gun violence goes down. You know, if it takes some time, if it happens within a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever. We'll watch. We'll keep our eyes on it. Because I think that is a, you know, that will be something to point to, an area where there's been incredible gun restrictions. I mean, overall, in South America, there are crazy amounts of gun control. And it is one of the most violent continents in the world. So you would think that, and it seems like the people there, at least in Brazil, are open to uh, to liberty. Now, I'm not sure if this guy is, has any other libertarian leanings. No idea. I have no idea. So don't, don't go out and say, I heard a podcast and John Odermatt, Lines of Liberty, 100% supporting the uh, new president of Brazil. Not me. Just supporting some things that he said, which I think are freaking fantastic. And I wish we had more politicians in the United States of America that said things like he said. Just in those instances. He might have said some terrible things too. Anyway, I should be more careful about who I support. But 
You know, I said it was going to be a quick show. I'm going to keep my word. That was about a half hour. And the next time I talk to you guys, it will be after election day. So, you know, I'm not going to give the old get out there and vote speech. Personally, I will vote. I'm in Pennsylvania, as most of you guys know. I uh, was the campaign manager for Dale Kearns for U.S. Senate. I will be voting Libertarian. Excited to have a Senate candidate and a governor candidate, Ken Krawchuk, in Pennsylvania to vote for. Unfortunately, I don't have any local Libertarian uh, people on the ballot there to vote for. So I will be writing people in. I might write myself in for Congress. So I will get one vote for Congress. (laughs) But yeah, so if you want to vote, go out and vote. If not, don't. I don't know. My prediction, I'll make a bold prediction here. If you've listened this far, you deserve a bold prediction on Felony Friday for the 2018 midterms. My prediction, GOP keeps the Senate easily, gains some seat in the Senate. I don't know what it'll shake out to. I haven't looked at that closely. I just, looking at races, um, looking at some of the polls, looking at uh, just what's coming out of those, some of the states that are, that were, a lot of these states were leaning blue and now they're back to, to easily red. I think GOP maintains the Senate and the House is going to be almost evenly split. I don't know which way it's going to go, but Democrats are definitely going to gain in the House. They might, I'll make bold prediction, I'll make bold prediction. The Democrats will take the House by a couple seats, by a few seats. And next bold bold prediction, the Democrats will then put Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. (laughs) Then let's flip forward to 2020. Nancy Pelosi, two-year Speaker of the House, doing Nancy Pelosi things, and the Republicans will take back even more of the House. But there's also the gold wave that's coming in 2020, but we won't get into that. I do think in 2020, we will see our first libertarian congressman. If we don't see it in 2018, maybe we'll see it in 2018. Maybe Tim Selfies in Pennsylvania, Lehigh Valley, can win. He's been doing an excellent job. Um, but yeah, so that's it. And a couple things before I let you guys go. If you like this, you like these podcasts, if you like what what we're doing here on Lines of Liberty, please give us some money so we can do it more, so we can reach more people. We've been running ads on Part of the Problem with Dave Smith, so if you heard us from there and you're listening now, thank you. Thank you for listening. Appreciate that. Uh, Please consider, if if you've been listening for a while, I mean, if this is your first show, just go listen to some more shows. Go on our backlog Listen to some of those old uh, libertarians and living rooms drink, drinking uh, liquor episodes. Listen to that stuff. Check it out. Don't uh, you can join the pride? I would love to have you in the pride. But this is more targeted for the people who've been listening for months, years, decades. Now we haven't been around for decades, but if you enjoy it, guys, throw us five bucks a month. I mean, it helps a ton. Just five dollars to get in the lines of Liberty Pride. You're gonna get all our bonus content. It's nothing, guys. $5 a month. And of course, if you have more, if you really want to make an impact to help us out and you want to get some merchandise, you want to get access to uh, a weekly or a monthly conference call with us, if you want to get um, uh, more free merchandise, things like that, if you want to get our weekly news links that we do Monday through Friday, then give us 10, 15, 25. It escalates. You get more stuff. You go patreon.com slash lions of liberty please consider doing it i mean we are doing this for free right now guys and 
We'll continue to do it for free, but we want to reach more people. The show is growing. Over the past few months especially, the show is growing big time. But, you know, we want to grow faster. And in order to do that, we got to run ads on other podcasts. Uh, we need to do outreach. We need to do all kinds of different things. We need to give put more on our VA's plate so we can put more time and energy into the show. And that's only going to happen by people joining the Pride. So please consider going to patreon.com slash Liberty. Thank you all so much for listening. Please subscribe to make sure to never miss a sh- to never ever miss an episode of any of our shows. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fire is the liberty burning. <laughs>